Okay, great. Hi, everyone. And uh, welcome to another episode of the podcast, All the Things ADHD. All the things. It cut in and out again. I don't know why it does it's that. It's my stupid headphones are trying to protect okay. me from loud noise. I guess they're trying to protect you from loud noises. Yeah. <laughs> Too late. <laughs> Seriously, right? It's, you missed that boat a while ago. Uh, I am I am your co-host, Lee Scaller up set. And I am your co-host, Amy Morrison, or Amy Hope Morrison, as we discussed last time. <laughs> That's a, my, mine, I didn't say what, did I say what mine was? I'm, I'm Elaine. No. That's my middle Ooh. name. My middle name is Elaine. I like it. Yeah. I think it was my grandmother's middle name as well, or my great-grandmother's. It comes some, from somewhere in there. It's a family name on my mom's Lee side. Lee Elaine is like very euphonious. I know. I and when it. your mother says it in that tone. Right. <laughs> A little more terrifying than yeah. musical at that point. Yes. Yes. But the I'm musicality just is there. Yeah. Um, I'm just happy that it was like, they took the middle name because my grandmother and, you know, it was the time, but my grandmother's first name was Mildred. Ooh. Yeah. Yikes. Yikes. My yeah. grandma's had like, well, I mean, my, my one grandma is Alin, which is like a ridiculous name that nobody named their kids, even when she was named that. But my other grandma was um, Emily which as it turned out, like became a very popular name after. So it wasn't a very grandma um, sounding name at the time, but my grandpas were like Ernest and Herbert. <laughs> yeah, it was, it was uh, Mildred and Gerald. Oh, wow. It's of yeah, a time that, for sure. Yeah. Millie, Millie and Jerry though. That was Millie like and Jerry. Yeah. Millie and Jerry. That works. Uh, yeah. So um, we should give a little bit of a content warning before we get into yeah. today's topic. Um, so we're going to talk about food and eating, uh, and moving and, and I, I don't want to use the word wellness, but, um, no, we don't want to use that. Yeah, no, wellness I'm definitely not using that. Yeah. Yeah. They can go, but, but, um, as we are again, transitioning out of COVID, um, <laughs> depending on where you live, uh, but certainly here in the U S they just opened up the vaccines for, uh, 12 and over the Pfizer vaccine has been, uh, approved. Um, basically, the CDC has come out and said, if you're vaccinated, then you don't really have to wear a mask anywhere. Um, you know, people are taking that as it goes. Depending on where you live in the states, the, the states themselves have had their own rules and cities and all that kind of stuff. But anyways, there is there is hope. And I've seen, um, all, I don't know how Ontario is doing, but I know Quebec, they reached the 50% threshold. Yeah, I mean, the population Quebec is, is doing well enough to now begin to wish to reopen the Constitution and make some amendments there. So Quebec is ready to move on to other things yeah. that aren't COVID. Yeah, right we now. But as we as we move into today's topic, our, our our content warning like comes with an assertion too that this podcast is body neutral. Your body is fine just the way it is. Maybe it is healthy at every size. That's cool. Maybe it is unhealthy. At every size. Some bodies are unhealthy and that's a thing that happens. Maybe you are worried about your weight. Maybe you are worried about your nutrition. We are body neutral. All bodies are amazing. We just want to talk about some things that are difficult uh, for many people with ADHD, uh, especially sometimes those who are medicated, but also especially sometimes those who are not, which is um, making sure uh, that you manage to get food into your body that makes you feel that you can 
um, function in the ways that you want um, or how you can manage your levels of activity um, to get an amount of movement in your life that feels good to you. We've become aware we're like we're focusing a lot in this podcast on the kind of mental and neurological and cultural aspects. But of course, like we all walk around in meat sacks, right? And your meat sack, dear listener, is awesome just the way it is. And we don't need you to change it. We don't need you to change it for somebody else. If you want to change it for yourself, go ahead. You can do that. Um, but we think all bodies are just right, just the way they are. Uh, we will be discussing food. We will be discussing probably calorie deficits and calorie excesses. We will probably be talking nutrition uh, and macros, and we will be talking about exercise. And if that's not your jam and you can't listen to that and be in a good place, then we will see you next week. Um, yep. But we're going to try to do this as inclusively um, and supportively as we can. What do you think? Yeah. Dude? Does that sound about right? That sounds about right. Um, again, the, the whole, we're not medical professionals. We are just uh, meat sacks fumbling through this world, Amen. trying to, trying to make the, trying to make the best of it. Uh, you know, given, given everything that is, that is going on um, and everything, yeah, both externally and internally. So, and, and I've been, I've been actually thinking about this because, um, you know, it, it, you, you've noticed it and you, you referenced New York Times article, but I've noticed it in my algorithmically suggested advertisements on the social medias where um, it's a lot of stuff about weight loss. Yes. Uh, and and, and um, as, it, as it usually is in the spring with its bathing suit season. Uh -huh. um, yeah. But also just, uh, you know, that we've, the, the pandemic has been a struggle. And for the first time uh, ever, uh, I went in for a checkup and they said, well, given the pandemic, let's not worry about the weight. And I was like, oh gosh. Oh, we could given do that. the pandemic, right? Yeah. If this was not a pandemic, would we be worrying about the weight? That's yes, like, we would be. Yes. Hmm. That's yeah. like a sideways dig. Yeah. Oh yeah, but I mean that's the you know we we know that um, you know it thin thin or or lower weight equals greater health in mm -hmm. uh, most medical practice. So yeah. you know it's yeah I know, but but yeah. So there's been what it, what was the New York Times article saying? Because I know the I've New York noticed Times article but. was like all of these like rebranded they used to be diet companies but now they're wellness companies because we know that we're not supposed to you know we're not supposed to say you should get thinner we're supposed to say you should get healthier which is like another whole layer of bullshit we can unpack perhaps but uh you know sort of saying as people are making this transition uh into real pants again right they're finding uh, I mean, there was a study done early in the pandemic in the U.S. that said people were many people were gaining weight at about uh, weight at about a rate of uh, half a pound every ten days, right? Um, from the various kinds of comfort eating we were doing, along with the toilet paper hoarding um, in the early days. I mean, it also had something to do with like access to school meals or lack of access to school meals or like all the rest of that. But people, you know, it's kind of a known thing: the quarantine. 15 that people talk about, um, you know, and there was a discussion around the time about like, maybe people are just going to like live their lives now and it's going to be great. But now, no, it's all come sort of roaring back, right? You need to, you know, order food from an internet company that's going to deliver it to your house for $200 a week and you're going to lose X amount of poundage, you know, uh, every so-and-so number of days and stuff. And people are really happy about that. And it was kind of triggering for me because um, I struggle uh, with eating my 
uh, my Vyvanse knocks my appetite out. Uh, and uh, for a while, every time I had to go to the doctor to get it renewed, they were weighing me um, mm. with some idea that if I, you know, drop below a certain threshold, they were not going to give me any more of my drugs. And I was desperate to keep my drugs because they allowed my brain to think in a straight line. And so I developed kind of a combative relationship with food where most of the time I really did not want to eat it because my appetite was suppressed um, so thoroughly that it was um, difficult to put food in my mouth because I didn't like it. And, uh, oh. but at the same time, thinking that I had to to shove enough food into my face so that the doctor wouldn't cut me off from my therapy, right? Uh, and like, it sounds like, oh no, poor Amy, what a problem to have, you know, you know, you normative, I'm normatively thin, right? Like I have thin privilege for sure, um, but it messed up my relationship with food um, yeah. to, to make it uh, be this, this thing that other people were going to check. And if I didn't do it correctly, something was gonna be taken away from me that was, uh, important. And I'm trying to work my way through that now, right? I'm trying to yeah. find a way to, to readjust my relationship with food where I'm not afraid of it or afraid of what not eating enough of it will, will produce in sort of my medical charts that will make me a non-compliant subject, right? So that's like a big mess for me. Um, yeah. and, and I walk around with a huge amount of body privilege, right? Um, around thinness, but still a bit messed up from that. Yeah. And I think like for me, I've had, I've always had a messed up uh, relationship with food. Um, so I used to swim competitively. And if anybody knows a competitive swimmer, um, we eat, like we just, we just go through calories in part because of the exercise, but in part because we burn so many calories trying to stay warm in the water because the water is always freezing, um, which is the point. Uh, and I mean, it's not freezing, it's safe, but it's not warm. We're not swimming in a hot tub, right? Um, so our body actually, Ew. yeah, no, it is. It's totally gross. Like it's, I know my swimmers are ready to like move on to the next level of seriousness when they start complaining that the water is too warm. That's right. Right. Yeah. Like that's that, that's, you know, that when they're eight and under or even nine and still, you know, small, they look warm water. Oh, this is so great. No, I don't want to go in the cold pool. And then, then, you know, they, they creep up and then it's like, it's really warm in here. It's kind of gross. Can we go in the cold pool? And I'm like, you're ready. You are so ready. Go on to the next group. Here's a plate um, of spaghetti. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Well, that's it. Right. And, you know, we, we both grew up in the, you know, seventies, eighties where, you know, this is, this is back when, um, I, I always love tell, uh, I used to talk about this to my rhetoric and composition students about like, um, meaningless words, uh, that the, I grew up in a time when margarine was healthy. Right. Right. We both grew up in a time when margarine yeah. was the healthy choice. Butter was um, evil. Yeah. <laughs> but it, you know, and, and so, but, I was always hungry, right? Cause I was, I was a swimmer and, um, I had a younger brother who was not interested in eating. He was very small and thin and just didn't want to eat ever. And so like he was being told to clean his plate and I would be like, look at me, I'm cleaning my plate. Arm, arm, arm. Uh, and then, you know, and then it was, we would get home from practice, uh, practice end at seven 30 at night. You'd been there since four 30, um, and we weren't allowed to watch TV until we were done with our dinner. Right. Um, so basically you would come in the door, eat as fast as you possibly could so that you could watch primetime TV that started at eight o'clock. Right. Um, 
and and like I never like people's like listen to your body and listen to the I never learned how to do that. Like I have no idea what my body is saying. Well, I there's have a no point idea. Right there. There's a point right there, right? So we've discussed on this podcast before how many people with ADHD have kind of lousy balance, right? And we also tend to crash our arms and legs into things because we have poor proprioception, poor sense of our own bodies and poor sort of proprioception proprioception means a sense of your body in space. And we also have poor often interoception because the buzzing noises in our heads are so loud, right? We're so easily distracted by everything and constantly fidgeting and looking for extra stimulus that we will sometimes not notice. uh, Oh, I have a bruise and it hurts or, Oh, I'm actually really hungry or I'm thirsty um, or I'm I'm anxious, right? Or I'm full, right? So or like, I'm full. Yeah. And and especially if we are in sort of like environments where food is linked to something else, right? Like I'm starving because I've been at swim practice for three hours, but my TV show starts in 15 minutes. And like you could ask you, I'm sure halfway through the Cosby show, what did you have for supper, Lee? And you would not remember, no. right? Because you ate it so fast and with your yeah. mind already on the next thing, right? Well, uh, and, and so it didn't matter. It was just like, it didn't matter what it was. Yeah. Right. Like it was just food. Like right. that's, you know, um, and it, you know, it grew, like there was always a vegetable, there was always a starch and there was always a protein, right? Like that was the kind of, you made sure the major food groups are there. You always had a glass of milk with dinner, you know? And, and so the, it, it was interchangeable, right? Like right. it was like, it'll be potatoes or rice and some kind of potatoes served in some kind of way. It'll be some kind of protein, um, you know, and then some kind of veg- steamed vegetable, right? right? Like a frozen steamed vegetable, like, right. you know, <laughs> growing up in Canada, right? That's all you got in the winter. Yeah, at least it wasn't then. a boiled vegetable. No, we, it's true. No, we, we were good with vegetable. the steaming and, or canned, canned, right. oh. canned green beans. Ugh. Canned corn yeah. was okay, but the green beans, like those were nasty. Those were anyway, nasty. Yeah. But so my, my, and it, so my thing is, is that like, there's also that very, um, real now like especially for like snacking and that kind of stuff there's a very real also dopamine hit of that right mm-hmm. like the mm, like salty or mm, sweet or mm. even just I was I was talking about it on Twitter the other day and and somebody noted even the most even the satisfying feeling of chewing yes right like that yes. it's that movement and chewing and 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 I was like oh I never really thought of that well you know um, probably because I don't I, take the time to chew but you know. <laughs> something I learned through like various research into running and stuff about um like this weird trick that your tongue is actually sort of connected to your brain right uh in the sense that um athletes gain almost as much benefit from putting water in their mouth, swishing it around and spitting it out as they do from putting it in their mouth, swishing it around and swallowing it because you trigger your body into thinking you're hydrated. Right. And so putting food into your mouth um, and chewing it um, is one of the fastest ways to activate the reward circuitry. So it doesn't even have to be swallowed first. Right. So, you know, like they say, like you can inhale from a cigarette and it takes like X number of microseconds for the nicotine rush to hit your brain. Well, Oreos work faster. Actually, yeah. <laughs> the research shows. No, they do. I mean, and the oh, Oreos was the no, example no. that they used, right? Is that just putting that food in your mouth is a kind of instant gratification. And like, I don't know if you know anybody with ADHD, Lee, but instant gratification is kind of like our whole thing because there's yeah. now and there is not now. And when I want it, I want it right now, or it's way past the time when it should have been. So I need the fastest possible thing with the most instant sort of feedback loop, right? And and the feedback loop that you get from putting a roast in the slow cooker in the morning and then making gravy at 6 p.m. and then mashing the potatoes at 6.15 and then like serving a full meal is nothing compared to popping an Oreo in your mouth when you discover you haven't eaten for six hours. Yep. 
right? And and so I think like there's a lot of unhealthy food culture around like, you know, you from sports or, um, you know, the many other ways like, you know, where school lunches are super, super abbreviated to and you're meant to do all the other things at the same time or people who watch TV while they eat all these other things. But like people with ADHD too, very much prey to that instant gratification impulse um, and forget to eat and have difficulty planning. Like I, I see in those internet groups that you and I are both in a lot of people saying like, what can I make <laughs> right? Yeah. to eat? It needs to be ready in five minutes. And also I don't know how to cook, but I don't think I can eat bags of candy for supper yeah. on an ongoing basis. Right. So people really kind of struggle with that. And, and part of that is not simply that we live like particularly in the West in a food culture that's based on satiation cues from like hyper palatable foods available in packages much more cheaply than real food. I mean, all of us struggle with that, but ADHD people struggle particularly, I think with the amount of planning and delayed gratification (laughs) that has to go in uh, to making food and also the lousy interoception that means that we often don't notice when we are either hungry or full. So how any of us manage to stay alive is kind of mysterious to me. Well, and there's also the executive functioning, which is Mm -hmm. something that I've been noticing too um, recently where like, I'll start eating and I'm like, I should stop. Nom, 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 nom. No, really, I should stop eating. Nom, nom. Like I'm sitting there like almost watching myself going like, oh, this is, this is definitely like, it's the opposite of blurting things out, right? right? Like it's like, you can't stop yourself from saying the thing. I can't like stop myself from like eating. And part of it is just like, I got to eat until the plate's clean, which is, you know, it's one of those lessons you learn really early on, right? Yeah. Starving children. We also grew up in the, there the are starving children in Africa. Phase. Yeah. There's starving <laughs> children in Africa and you're not eating all Ooh. your food. And you're like, yeah. I'm not sure what this has to do, but I'm, you know, and your people please are like, okay, I'll eat all my food. Yeah. Well, I think Gen X too, we're the generation, you know, of where a lot of our moms got divorced. I mean, mine did, you know, and yeah, uh, I did. Yeah. And, and these are mothers who are entering back into the workforce and these moms knew how to cook, right? Because they were raised like that, but they work full time. And I remember my mom would come home uh, from work and she'd get home like around four 30 and uh, she would start cooking and would not talk to anybody. She was like, get out of my kitchen, right? Nobody is allowed in here. Don't talk to me. Don't do anything. Go somewhere else because it was such a race to get supper ready after having worked all day so that Um, not only did like, she not really have the time to teach us how to cook. We couldn't even watch her cook because we were not allowed anywhere (laughs) near the kitchen when she was cooking. So I think like Gen X, it's sort of, and that's was sort of like the era too, when they were canceling all the home ec classes. Right. So like none of us ever were taught by anybody, uh, how to cook sort of as an entire generation. And then the ADHD people were just like, well, I'm going to open this bag of Oreos. I used to eat eat a whole bag of like the equivalent palm bread. Remember palm bread? That's like basically the Canadian wonder bread. Oh, right. Like, yeah, I used to just sit there and eat like a whole loaf of palm bread because it was a sensory delight. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Well, and and there's also the like undiagnosed ADHD thing where if I did cook, it was just a disaster. Right. Right. And I've, I'd, I've, um, (laughs) you know, when you put the, you would melt the honey. Yeah. In the, you'd put it in, in, in hot water. I forgot about it and oh. melted the pot into my stove. Oh, gross. Lee, yeah. Come on. And, and they were like, you didn't notice the smell. And I was like, what? What? Like what smell? You didn't notice when the fire department came, Lee? What? No, I don't even know how I didn't burn down the house. Honest to God. Um, but, it, you know, so there was there was also this sort of 
I would get in trouble when I was in the kitchen. And so right. I wanted to avoid the kitchen at all costs because yeah. I couldn't stay focused long enough. And I would forget that I put stuff on the stove or I forget that I put stuff in the oven. And so the microwave was just so much safer. Right. Right. Cause it would beep when it was done. Maybe the microwave Lee is an access technology. Hmm. Right. That yeah. The microwave and the instant pot too, because these are two technologies that it's almost impossible to fuck it up while you're using it because yeah. the features on them are fairly extreme and they make food fast. Yeah. Right? We so, got, yeah. we just got a, as an accessibility, like as, as that, we just got a convection oven. So it's this really small thing. It's about the size of a microwave, fairly large size microwave, but it's, and it sits on the counter and it's small and it, it's, it heats from all sides. So it cooks things a lot faster and a lot more evenly, but it's just, it's right there. It opens up. You'd like set it again. It beeps. There's an app on your phone for it too. So like you can even do it that like they have recipes and you like press a button and wow. it'll just like do all the things because it's because some of them are complicated where it's like, yeah. well, you want to cook it this way for 15 minutes and then cook it that way. But if you just press this button, it'll do all of it for you. And oh like, gosh. I love the one button cooking. Like if I'm oh, yeah. perfectly and, honest. <laughs> and my daughter loves it. I love it. Like it's, it's clear, right? It's very clear right on the thing, what the temperature is, how it's being cooked. Okay. But like, I have to ask you, how long would it take to do a baked potato in it? Uh, depends on the size of the potato. Oh my God. Honestly. Really? Yeah. Like, <laughs> we do the little ones. So they go faster. There you go. So we do the little ones. In there. Yeah. Oh, that was, that was the funny thing that my, did I tell this story? I don't think I, yeah, I did about tell the baked story potato. About, like, yes. That's yeah, what I'm asking you. Yeah, yes. Oh yeah. Okay. I listen to our podcast Lee, so that there oh. can be a through line. And, <laughs> and I don't, so I can have moments like these where I'm like, wait, we didn't I tell this did story. Did I tell the story? I'm like, yes, you did. You told okay. it on the episode that launched today. So, okay. <laughs> Lord, no, but yeah, I mean, I think that that's, but, but again, it's, it's the, um, you know, the kitchen was not only, you know, like I just, I'd space out. And so I'd get in trouble or I'd make too much of a mess or, you know, I wouldn't do it properly. And so I was just like, you know what? Kitchen's not for me. I'm not, right. you know, like, I don't want to be in the kitchen. I don't want to like, you know, I could microwave things, you know, and I'd have cans of Chef Boyardee. Like that would be oh, like the, that's not I tell these things to my kids and the kids are just like, what did you, what was your childhood? Yeah. I was like, I don't mm, know. Spaghettios. Yeah. But, right. but that would be it because I'd come home from, I'd come home from school. I'd need to eat something before I went to swim team. And like, it was just easy. You cracked open the can, you popped it in, you put it in the microwave for three minutes and then you did like, it was done. And again, all of that, it was lovely and processed and I'm sure had a whole ton of high fructose corn syrup in it that it didn't need, but they right. added anyways, cause you just put it in everything. Well, um, I mean, that's the thing. Like it's great to have convenience foods. I mean, the thing with convenience foods is that they are convenient. It's in the name, right? Which means they're less bother to make yeah. than other foods, which is good if you like, you know, don't have the executive function to sort of be the chef de cuisine in your own house, you know, making from scratch meals um, every time six hours too late, you remember that you're hungry, right? So convenience foods are great for that. And they should be. It's just the thing with most convenience foods is that they're full of things that exacerbate 
ADHD problems, right? Like they're, you know, sort of high glycemic index. So like very easy to digest carbs that just whoosh into your system all at the same time. Like, never mind, like the sugar, just like the kind of like super processed, refined flour and stuff. Like you just like, great. I love that stuff too. But like, you can't base an entire system around like eating those foods because they're tasty, um, but almost like nutritionally void most of them. Right. And, but they also make you crazy because they give you like a very quick hit of like, woo. And then like a super big crash where you have to have a nap after. And I think um, our neurodivergent friends struggle enough with energy management and sort of like brain activity level management. Right. Like, so one of the things that I, I try to do um, is because I have a very high tolerance for repetition, maybe because I'm autistic, but I eat almost the same things for breakfast, lunch, and snack every day so that I just have to kind of make it. Um, and they're fast to make, but I don't have to think. Cause for me, it's like, I don't even know, like for mother's day, yeah. uh, my husband was like, you know, what do you, we're going to get takeout? Like, what do you want? I'm like, I don't know. He's like, what do you want? Like Mexican or do you want burgers? I'm like, I don't, like, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. Don't make, and I was like getting very stressed out. Cause I couldn't even decide what I wanted to eat. Like now just imagine I'm at home. Like I have to decide what everybody's going to eat and somehow yeah. pull the trigger on like deciding which exact kind of meal I'm going to make. And then I have to make it like, it just feels like too much. So like almost every day I have these breakfast shakes. I keep, I think I've been telling people yeah. <laughs> uh, next to my bed. Cause I have this like major blood sugar crash right when I wake up in the morning. So these like person insurer shakes and I just chug one of those before I get up. And then I do my little routine and then I go downstairs and have breakfast and it's like, um, single packages of steel cut oats. So like not oh, the nice. instant oats, but like yeah. the, the steel cut ones that are a little bit harder to digest a little bit more fiber in them. And I microwave those and I have them with blueberries and pecans and 2% milk. Like that's every morning. And then for lunch every day, I have two eggs scrambled with like a fistful of shredded cheese, um, and a piece of toast with butter every day. And then some point in the afternoon, I have a bag of candy that my husband makes for me, individual size servings of candy. It's 250 calories of candy. (laughs) So it gives me that. Uh, And then I will, um, you know, have a, like a little container of Greek yogurt and then make supper like that every day. Because like, for me, that is healthy-ish enough. uh, But those foods are all incredibly fast to prepare because like to make scrambled eggs, you spend longer cracking the eggs into the cup to scramble them, then you do cooking them, right? So it's very fast. And yeah, it's the same thing every day. And some people might kill themselves from boredom, but I'm just happy that it's real food. um, Mm -hmm. And I don't have to use any executive functioning to do it. So I try to eat at the same times every day and I eat exactly the same thing. Um, And that usually keeps my blood sugar even enough throughout the day that I don't start skipping meals because I'm so hungry, I'm nauseated. Yeah. Because the meds do that to people. Yeah. To some people. Oh gosh. Yeah. yeah. Well, and it, it's funny too, um, the, like just the, the effects that meds have. So my son has always been fairly small as well. And um, when they put him on whatever stimulant, I don't even remember now, because it was the generic name of it. Anyways, they put him on the stimulant and they're like, we have to monitor his weight because it'll suppress his appetite. And he's already kind of small. Well, he actually ate more and gained weight because it was able to sit still long enough to eat like I we had a no toys at the table rule right right and anything could be a toy so it was basically like nothing except his fork and the food in front of him on the table (laughs) because if there was anything else on the table at all he would just like play and you'd have to sit there 
and coach him through the entire meal. Okay, Leo, now put the food on your fork. Okay, good. Good, Leo. No, that's really great about the Pokemon, but now put the food into your mouth that's on the fork. Okay, great. Now chew the food. Like you had to coach him through the entire thing. And it's his sister who's more like me and just is like, nom, 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 I'm hungry. Right. She's she's good though. Like we tried to be like, listen to your body, eat until you're full. If that cleans the plate, great. If not, that's fine too. And so my daughter would be like, I'm done. And then Leo, who was in the meantime, had two bites of food to be like, I done two. Right. We're like, no, dude, like you're not done. Um, you know, and and then once he started on the medication, he could actually sit through an entire meal. Right. And like right. actually get down the food. And so it was this, it was sort of this really interesting thing where he gained a whole bunch of weight once he started the medication because and not in like because he would eat dinner. Yeah. Like, I mean, I think that's like- a, that's a great story because like, it shows you, it's not like, you know, sometimes people characterize these medications as like quote unquote diet pills, which I really hate because that's yeah. kind of like, you're using a side effect to achieve a goal here. The yeah. side effect is like a not pleasant side effect. Um, but like also the medications when they're being prescribed to people who really need them can help you have a better relationship with food. If you're just yeah. the type of person who is so fantastically understimulated by mealtime that you could not manage to get through your own supper, right? Yeah. If, you, if you can now focus enough to stay at the table long enough to eat the food that somebody else has made for you, I think that's great right? Again, I know for me, if I don't manage uh, the times of day that I eat and I get like enough protein and enough carbohydrates and enough like fiber and stuff, like my energy will tank or I get very um, emotional. I get super irritable. I've noticed sometimes when I um, finish my runs, I'm angry. I'm like so angry. Like I'm legitimately mad at the whole world and I hate running and I hate myself and I hate the sidewalk and I hate pollen and I hate that car that just went too close to me. And I'm so (laughs) angry. And then I'm like, do you know, I think I'm hungry, but I don't feel hungry. Like what I feel is like blistering peel the paint kind of anger. Uh, And I only get that when I run, when I haven't eaten quite enough, but then I always like have to count back on my fingers. Like, what did I actually eat? And then I look at my Fitbit and my Fitbit is like, well, we think you burned about this many calories. I'm like, oh, I see. I'm about like 300 off the pace. So I am going to go home and have something, but like, I do use the, the Fitbit um, to tell me roughly what my energy expenditures have been, because sometimes my stomach still does not give me the right cue. And the work for me now is to like, listen when that happens and not be like, I don't believe you Fitbit. (laughs) right? I'm probably not hungry. Um, And also to not fill those needs with like potato chips, right? To sometimes be like yogurt instead. But I will say that when I do that work, um, I feel more in control of my emotions and my energy is better. So I'm like kind of agnostic on what it does to my body because I've noticed I don't function (laughs) if I don't eat correctly, right? But that's, that's still the struggle, um, is managing the executive function around the cooking, um, managing the decision making around, am I hungry? Am I not hungry? The interoception, um, happening there, trying to find the time and not get distracted. Right. But I'm super into playing this song on the piano right now. I don't want to eat, even though like my hands are getting shaky. Right. But I'm really into what I'm doing. Like, like we all really want to finish this dress. I really want to finish this dress or like, all my seams are crooked because I can't hold the fabric straight because I'm shaking yeah. so much, but like, I'm not having a snack. Forget it. I'm busy right now. Right. Yeah. Well, and I think that that's, so for me, what ends up happening, I, I think for me, a lot of it is portion control. Right. Like, I, it's just like, I don't know how much is enough. I don't know how much, you know, 
and I've done, I'll, I'll say this, I've done so many different quote unquote diets. I did Weight Watchers back in the day. And like, this is, this is one of the big things again with swimmers is that we stop swimming, but we don't stop eating because we have no idea. Oh, that's like football players too. Yeah. Right? Yeah, exactly. Like you just, you, you literally have no idea. Um, and so, some are more successful than others, but I find that swimmers like really struggle with this once they're done swimming. Mm-hmm. Um, and, um, I even struggled it with while I was swimming, but that's another, so, so I've done, you know, I've done Weight Watchers, I've done different kinds of diets I've done. And I just, I, I, I don't know, like, like the strictures of it, like at first it's sort of like, oh, I have rules and I can follow these rules and it's easy to follow these rules. And then I start resenting the rules oh, and sure. then I'm like, like, fuck you rules. And oh, then yeah, I'm like me too. I bored with it too, in a way yeah. that if they weren't requiring me to eat this way, I wouldn't be bored with it. You know, like, mm-hmm. um, you're not the boss so, of me rules. Yeah, 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 exactly. And then, you know, and then I get, I get super cranky as well. Like I'll just, and and, and I'm like, okay, well, I need calories because I feel like shit, but like, mm-hmm. I, apparently I don't need them because this program tells me that I don't need these calories. But, um, but it is like, uh, when you talk about that control and that's how I've been feeling lately. And I don't know how, what to do about it. This isn't, please don't, uh, uh, this isn't a solicitation for advice listeners. This is an advice free zone. Yeah, this is, yeah. Uh, this is. Um, but I'm struggling with that because I'm like, I'd really like to be in more control of this, mm-hmm. right? Like I'd really mm-hmm. like to be able to, to, to figure this out because we eat good food, right? Like we cook almost all of our own food. When we get takeout, we get like real takeout, mm-hmm. you know what I mean? And, um, you know, sometimes there's some frozen stuff, but like not often, um, food shame but here. it's just, no food you know, shame. Eat what you want. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I had frozen empanadas, but they're local. They were locally made. Uh, yeah. They but, were in a boutique freezer. Whole foods, which is basically the same right. thing. Right. Um, yes. <laughs> um, but it's just like sort of figuring out and, and like, I have the same thing with lunches. So I had the empanadas today because we are out of leftovers because usually my lunch is last night's dinner. Mm-hmm. Oh, I love right? that. I love leftovers. Right. Like I love it too. Um, so it's, it's last night's dinner. I get up, I have a coffee with, um, a heavy non-dairy creamer because the, the cream helps like so the, satisfying. That, yep. And so it is, it is also like, they talk about mouthfeel, right. That oh, yeah. kind of the cream, the umami yeah. of that it's is butter. Just, We're is, coming back to butter. Lee. Yeah. Margarine oh, yeah. is a lie, right? Yeah, it is. Yeah. So, you know, I have that and then I'll have an early-ish lunch, mm-hmm. right. Um, which is usually last night's dinner. Um, and then thankfully, you know, um, partially because of timing, partially because he loves cooking and I hate cooking. Um, my husband is usually responsible for dinner also because I go coach, right? right? So I go and coach and I bring the kids to swim team and then, you know, we come home and the, and dinner is made, right? Like that's just because, you know, if the, and he, he likes cooking and I'm very good at reassembling what he is, what it is that he cooks. So Tuesdays and Thursdays, depending on when he can come, when he's going to come home from work, he'll cook or I'll reassemble something. So it's like, they know if mom's cooking, we're, we're probably going to have hamburgers. Right? right. Cause I can, you know, I can sort of do that and it's, um, or, or we'll have tacos basically anything with ground hamburger meat. <laughs> like, 
<laughs> mom can do ground hamburger meat really well um but but again it's just sort of like do i need an extra taco yes i want an extra taco you I know like, an extra taco yeah yeah like oh look we made tater tots tonight no 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 oh tater tots um i doing like hello fresh right oh yeah um because that way i don't have to decide uh yeah. what we're gonna have and it comes and we have the box that has like meals for two but there's three people who live in this house and it's always enough food for three people like it's mm-hmm. always enough food for three people so i don't know what they think their portion sizes are and it's weird because like there's so much food in these boxes but i i think where we're at now is we always want there to be a little bit more because we don't want anyone to say that they're not full. Right. And so I think like there's a difference between like eating until you're satisfied and not hungry. Right. And then like eating until there's, there's nothing left. And I think it's very easy to get confused about what that feels like, because Mm -hmm. like the way our food system works here is that it's cheaper to sell you something bigger, right. Than something smaller. That's just how our food system works, right? Like the supersizing of everything means people feel that they're getting their money's worth, but it's cheaper food. Um, And it's like enough for an entire day's worth of calories and one sort of Applebee's entree, right? But then we begin to think that that's like um, what people need to, to eat that that's a regular meal. Like, so our ideas are like, so think about like interoception as your own uh, capacity to interpret your body's signals around hunger, thirst, and fullness. But then there's this sort of like cultural funhouse mirror effect where, <laughs> you know, portions come out from the restaurant and it's enough for two people um, yeah. to eat one entree, but they also want you to get an appetizer, like and a calorie drink and a dessert with that. And because that's normal and it is normal because that's how how people eat. And then every time we have a meal, we have this sensation of fullness that is so extreme that we begin to associate that with what you're supposed to feel like every time you eat. Um, and I will tell you like the foods that are hyper palatable, like I have a real thing for Miss Vicky's salt and malt vinegar chips. That's my <laughs> a number one thing. And I keep them in my basket in the kitchen that has my like running gels and my running supplies in it and stuff. Cause I always have them after I run. Cause it's like a quick hit of carbs, yeah. but like I could open a family size bag and I don't know when I would stop eating yeah. them because they're delicious. Yeah. Right. And you pull yeah. them out one at a time and you're like, that was delicious. I can have another one. That was delicious. I can have another one. Like what I do now is I have a bowl and I take the, the bag out of my bucket and I open the bag from the chip clip that I have on it. And then I pour the same size amount of chips into the bowl. And then before I start eating them, I close up the bag and I put the bag away. And then I take the bowl of chips into another room. Um, and after a certain amount of time, I've like become really satisfied. Um, with that amount of chips, because I could very easily um, continue to eat them, not because I'm hungry, um, oh, but, but just, because they're yeah. delicious. But like also salt that. and vinegar chips are a self-limiting binge because the inside of your mouth will get torn up. Yeah. <laughs> so no, we, we did this. My son will do this. We actually had to, we actually stopped buying chips for a while because like, particularly early on in the pandemic, he would just get them and you know he's getting tall and big and so there's nowhere to there's nowhere to hide it there's no place high enough to keep them where they can't where you can't get it and so he would sit there with his friends playing video games with one of those giant costco bags of chips and i come downstairs because of course i'm working i can't you know and i come downstairs and i'm like jesus you ate that whole bag he's like did i and he's like covered in like right was, chip like crumbs just like everywhere and i'm like <laughs> oh dude um so so now it's like can he yeah, can i have some chips so now we've started buying them again because we told him i'm like you can have a bowl or 
we got jalapeno ones. We got Miss Vicky's right? jalapeno. There you go. And he's like, and he said, Mom, I can't eat many of these. <laughs> yeah. reason, right? He'll just tear his mouth up. Yeah. But like, like we my got, nose is running and yeah. my eyes are running. Yeah. And the, we, the, the, we call them crack chips. It's the uh, kettle. Oh, yeah. Kettle ones that so are good. salt and pepper ruffled. Mm-hmm. Oh, geez, those ones. Okay. Um, I mean, I love these yeah, foods. So, They're delicious. Yeah. Right. And we are allowed to eat them. They're not bad yeah. foods. Right. No. But like all I want for people to be able to do is to be happy with their own food choices. Right. Yeah. So if like that whole bag is like, you know, once a week I sit down on Sunday and I'm watching the sports ball game and I'm going to eat an entire family size bag of Miss Vicky's and that's what I want in my life. And I'll be like, good for you because yeah. your desires are matched by your behaviors and you are satisfied with your life choices. Good for you. Right. But I think so many of us really struggle with, I wish I could eat quote unquote healthier um, or, um, you know, I, I wish I didn't make it to the end of every day. So hangry that my hands are shaking and like really feeling powerless um, to alter their behavior there. Right. So some of the, yeah. the strategies might be like, as we both discussed, like the portion control where you, you put the amount of food that you intend to eat in a dish and then put the rest of the food away. <laughs> so you can't yeah. just pick at it or like, like I do having a regular schedule, um, of exactly the same foods that you eat just to make sure that you get enough foods. I mean, I wonder about, about learning to cook or if there are like, I really like the instant pot. You like your convection oven, like the instant pot I can make like our go-to meal when we're out of stuff to eat is like, um, uh, shrimp risotto with lemon, which sounds really fancy, nice. but, uh, I throw everything into the instant pot. <laughs> Right. And then I turn it on like and the shrimp are frozen and I chuck them in like just everything goes like out of the fridge and the cupboard directly into the instant pot. And I close the lid and I set it for like 11 minutes and then half an hour later, supper is done. And okay, great. Um, And that's fairly healthy. And I put it on spinach. Right. So I'll have a bit of vegetables in there. And yeah, but like, are there like ways that um, we can forgive ourselves for not being gourmet chef pot roast makers? Like, I think in grad school, I, I never made like a meal that had sides. I only ever did one pot dinners. Do you know, like I would do a pasta dish yeah. that had protein in it and a bunch of vegetables, the end, or I would make like a chili with a piece of bread, the end. Like I never made potatoes to go on the side because I felt like I had to cook three things at the same time. So like, I think one pot dinners are really great or like those sheet I, pan dinners. Yes. I would do sheet pan dinners. That's what yeah. I did. I was the master in college at, at, rolling a chicken breast in a bunch of foil with some sauce mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. right and then maybe put vegetables in there as well yeah like something um, that has a limited number of kitchen dishes that you're going to get dirty right yeah. and a limited number of temperatures and timings you have to remember on the range and the oven yeah but it was also like this was the the other thing is that like as long as it tasted good enough yeah. You know what I mean? Like, oh, yeah. the, the vegetables are a little overcooked, whatever. Don't oh, wow. care sauce, yeah. you know. Um, one of the things down here in the States that I thought was amazing when I discovered them when we moved to California, um, they're all over the States, is the Trader Joe's frozen meals right. that you just have to reassemble, right? So it's like one frying pan, right? Oh, I love like, it. yeah. You know, and it tells you, do the chicken, put it on this, do the chicken for this long, now throw the veggies in and then throw like... And it's so funny too, because my, my husband's the chef, right? He's right. the cook. He, he actually worked in kitchens um, in high school and in college. Um, so, and he loves food. His dad taught him how to cook. His dad loves cooking too. So he's like the, 
He's the guy. Um, he, he could not ever for the life of him and still to this day do any of these pre-prepared meals. That's like funny. the kids would always say, they're like, could you just let mom make this? Cause like, cause he couldn't, cause they're made to follow the directions. It doesn't match right? his mental model. It doesn't, it doesn't yeah. match his mental model at all. Um, cause for him, it's like by sort of feel and instinct. And I'm like, no, 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 just follow the, just follow the direction. Instinct. My instinct yeah. is to like zone out on my phone while something is boiling. <laughs> yeah, well, exactly. And so, um, and, and, but those like Trader Joe's meals that like, cause you can get the little single serving, like microwave ones, but then there's ones that you actually had to prepare. Right. right. And so it's like one bag and you got a bag of sauce and you got a bag of this and a bag of that. And then you, you know, throw this in, you know, put some olive oil or butter in the pan, heat it, throw them in, saute it for, you know, seven minutes and then add this and then another two minutes and then add the sauce and then boom, it's done. Yeah. Right. And I could just sort of do that. Yeah. You know, um, I think it helps like, uh, again, the phone as a kind of adaptive device, where growing up, you would put something on the stove or the oven and then go watch TV. That's right. Yeah. Right. Now, at least I could be standing in front of it on my phone. That's true. Right. And you can like, set a timer on your phone too. Right. Yeah. That's just like, remember, check the eggs in two minutes. Yeah. Yeah. And I think, cause it's funny. Cause I see my son doing it when he makes his, he fries eggs every single morning. My kid, my, I go on and I see this in my own kids. I go on like we go on sameness binges, right. but then at a certain point and it's unpredictable, it'll just stop. Like yeah. I cannot eat this anymore. Right. Like I want this kind of cereal. Great. Cereal, 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 cereal. And I'll buy a new box. They'll crack it open. They'll have one bowl and be like, nope. Yeah, I'm done with again. this is breakfast. Yeah. So like, I'm wondering when the fried eggs and toast for breakfast is going to be like that for my son. But until then, until then, that's then fine. Keep doing it. But it's so funny because I, I've caught him before and he's sitting there on his phone cooking. The eggs. Right. <laughs> Just like, but he doesn't burn the eggs and he's, he, it, he knows, but he knows what the consequences are. Yeah. Is that he has to eat shitty eggs or yeah. not have breakfast or have to recook the eggs. So he's very good. And he's sort of developed the timing of like the toast and all that kind of stuff. So I'm, I'm really proud of him for figuring that out. Yeah. Um, so like Leo likes to make his eggs and read his phone at the same time. You like to do these sort of make it yourself, but from a series of packages, Trader Joe's, your husband likes to cook from scratch. I like to order boxes from HelloFresh because I don't mind the cooking, but I hate menu planning uh, and meal selection. You know, other people may batch cook, right? Like I used to do this when I was in grad school, I'd make a pot of chili and I would eat it every night yeah. for literally 10 days, right? Yeah. In a row, didn't bother me. My husband- We did that. Like We've done that the too. Same thing, right? So like, I think there's a number of different ways that, um, that people who may be feeling some shame around their incapacity to eat what they think correctly might be, right? Is that there's a number of ways um, to succeed um, at eating and cooking. And it's okay to be like, I wanna get the, the artisanal soup in the like mason jar from the grocery store that got made in a commercial kitchen, but looks more homemade than the Campbell's soup can. All right, great. You do you, right? Maybe with yep. your homemade sourdough, that's your new hobby. Or like, maybe you're like, I, I want to batch cook on Sunday. I'm going to make seven meals that I just have to then microwave for three minutes a piece for the rest of the week. Or maybe you're like, uh, when I'm done work every day, I like to get the bag from the meal kit out and make something 
from scratch <laughs> from a package, um, like that's okay, right? Yeah. And I think like people need to be supported in this idea that there's any number of right ways um, to eat and to cook as long as you are getting the feeling that you want in your body of like, uh, I am not hungry and I'm not sick. Um, I have the amount of energy that I want to have. I don't have sugar crazies that I don't want to have. I'm not feeling shame about anything. Like, I think that's the most important thing because um, I have often found like when my mood has been absolutely the worst or when I've been the least amount of functioning and it's because I'm not eating, um, I, I would say correctly, I'm not eating in the way that my body thrives on. Yes, and everything exactly, else right? What's right for hell. me or for you, yeah. I should say. Yeah. What's right for me. And, and I think um, we're so inculcated into this idea that there's like one right way of doing things or that mm -hmm. there ought to be sort of shame and moral judgment involved in, um, in what you eat. Right. So this whole diet industry that's transformed into the wellness industry, right? Like I really try to stay away from, from saying things like potato chips are unhealthy, but a mandarin orange is healthy, right? Because then you're, you're talking about foods that are inherently good or bad about choices that are inherently less controlled or self-sabotaging, right? And I think food is just food. So I'm body neutral and I'm trying to be food neutral as well. Like all food, if you put it in your mouth and you enjoy it is good food, right? Yeah. It's achieving the balance between the different types of food you want to eat and the amount of time you want to spend cooking them and the techniques that you want to use and the amount of money that you want to spend on that. That's all about like what fits into your life and your body and your needs and your culture and your desires, right? It's not about a food being good or bad or a cooking technique being good or bad, right? Although we're often made to feel that way. And it's very difficult, I think, to have a, a sensible and nuanced conversation about food that doesn't sort of devolve into like, it should be more broccoli because broccoli is good, right? Yeah. And it should be less ice cream sandwiches because ice cream sandwiches are bad. And we start to judge people, especially those of us, Lee, who are prey to rejection, sensitive dysphoria, oh, right? Gosh. Are very wound. Yeah. And ADHD people in general too, already feel like we do everything wrong, yeah. right? that we're sort of too impulsive and have no self-control. And I think diet culture really feeds into that idea of what you need is more self-control, but it's not a yeah. matter of self-control, right? ADHD people just have poor sort of executive functioning and they also take medications that mess up their food systems. Uh, and so it's not about having more self-control or being a better person. It's about just like with all the, the sort of workplace tricks we've been hacking out, it's about how do I make my goal less hard to meet? Yeah. Right. That's all yeah. it should be. Yeah. That's a good point. And I think the rejection sense the, the RSD, because I always call it a sense. You always and call it rejection. You always add like some extra syllables in there. Yeah. I don't know why, but there you go. RSD. Um, uh, yeah. RSD is that like, there is something, and I think particularly for women, not that it doesn't affect one, but I, th I think particularly for women, um, there is this idea, right. Uh, and there's an ideal that is presented of like what a, what a healthy body, what a desirable body um, uh, looks like, right? And, you know, it's, it's, it's sort of hard to, to grow up in that culture mm -hmm. and then be like, yeah, that's not what my body looks like. Um, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> uh, and I think that there's, there's, I mean, there's a lot more diversity. So I got the book, um, this body is not an apology. And mm -hmm. it's just one of those things where I got it and I got the workbook to go with it. Cause I've heard it's come like highly recommended and it's still sitting on my shelf. It's one of those. 
It's a great book. Yeah. I'm not quite ready. I'm not quite ready for it yet. I don't think like, I just, it's like not this time of the year yet. Um, not the end of the semester. Like I don't need any more stress at the end of the semester by working through this. And that concludes part one of our conversation around food and eating. Uh, next week, after um, a bunch of asides, we will get back to it and um, hope that this wasn't too difficult an episode for you to listen to. Um, we would love to hear from you. So please email us at allthethingsadhd at gmail.com. As always, I am ready writing on Twitter and Amy is digiwonk. Um, we love hearing from you. We look forward to hearing from you. Thank you so much for listening to the podcast. Thank you so much for sharing the podcast. Um, and, uh, we'll hear you, see you again next week. Bye.